Tonight, we are discussing a little MLB and the NHL winners and losers of the trade deadline. Here is a quick sound clip from today's Las Vegas Rebel Am Am. Oh, my aching nerves. Really? Really? Well, I just hit that 45 yards. Didn't see that one coming. Grab a beer and hit the couch, sports fans. It's time for another episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Uh oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Bring an in your face sports talk from Chicago, Dallas, Las Vegas, and beyond. And go Bears! And listen in to find out who'll get run over by this week's Smack Wagon. All that and more coming at you on this week's episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Here are your hosts, Ron L.V. Wrights and Timothy T-Dog Wiltberger. We are back for another episode of Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. What's, what's going on? Yep, what's going on, you couch up, potato, pot- heads? potato heads? Potato heads. So... Man, we've got a lot to talk about this week. We've got what's going on with the Cubs, what's going on with the Sox, hell, what's going on with MLB in general. And then we also need to talk a little bit about our good friends over at the Mediocre Golf Association. Las Vegas just had their Las Vegas Am-Am Rebel tournament today. We'll be talking just a little bit about the winners and losers in that. As you can tell, we had a little bit of soundbite from that uh, tournament. Big time duffs. That's what we like to see. And of course, NHL news. We're getting real close to the playoffs. And there are teams that are going to be in. And there's teams going to be out. Mm. Probably a couple of teams we would like to see in, but not really. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Oh, the Blackhawks, I hope. The Blackhawks, man. So where do you want to go? Mediocre golf shit you want to talk about. What what do we got going on there? Oh, Mediocre Golf Association just had the Las Vegas Am-Am. Ah. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Ice cold. Bush beer. Go ahead and crack open mine too while we're at it here. Hold on a second. Ooh, that tastes like shit. Did you say Bush? Bush. I gotta get. I gotta get me some quality beer for these podcasts. You know, can't be drinking the Bush beer. Yeah, right. Can hey get that smack wagon ready? By the way, because John Mandala is getting his ass run over. Our potato head. He's. he's, I think we, we ran him over before. Well, he needs to get run over again. He's busting my balls about Kyle Hendricks being okay. a number, being an A starter. So we will, we'll get to that. guys. We'll get to we will that. get to the smack wagon. Looks like John Mandela's on the the he's on the squash <laughs> the squash clock. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Okay, so we were talking about a little uh, mediocre Go- golf association. Guys, listen, mediocre golf association is located in all parts of the United States. Okay, there's there's some in Dallas, there's some in Chicago, and there's definitely in Las Vegas. So Las Vegas chapter Eric Lamont wanted me to reach out to you guys and just tell you that we had a winner in today's Las Vegas Rebel Beach Am Am. So a couple of Ams playing together. First off, for the single event, because there's always one winner overall, and that's going to go to Eric Kulner. Shot an 86, 1.12 cents. $1.12 he won for a solid 86. That was what first place paid out? That's what first place paid out, baby. Holy shit. Yep, you got to get on there, baby. I think I got more money in between the couch cushions than what he won in that tournament. Are you kidding me? Yeah, well, at least you're not the most mediocre. That goes to Mike Condor. Biggest meltdown is Antonio Rodriguez. Long- Whoa, what did he sh- what did he shoot? Oh, the meltdown? Let's see. Well, or the worst golfer. I want to well, see where I fall in that uh We'll get there. So meltdown, Antonio Rodriguez shot a 105, solid 105. He probably had like a a 40 
in the front, and then a solid 65 in the back. And then longest drive goes to John Ellison. Closest to the pin is Adam Webb. Gross award goes to Jeff Boggs. And the person who won the red key. Now, that's what you want to know, T-Dog. Okay. The one who wins the red tee. Because the one who wins the red tee, they get the key to the red tee for the following tournament. You have to be in last place. And what does if that you, mean? You get to hit from the forward tees? You get to hit from the, yeah, from the red yeah. tees. So they play at whites and yellows and blues or whatever. But one lucky person. And that person ended up in 50th place because Jeff Boggs DQ'd because he shot probably under 80. Mario Ula. I might be mispronouncing your last name, but Mario, you shot a solid 118. You are definitely a part of the mediocre club. <laughs> 118, you could beat that T-Dog. What's your I probably. I could probably beat 118. I, I'm I'm finishing right where Meltdown Man finished, somewhere in that mid 100 to 110 range. Okay, well that puts you somewhere out of the money, so you're definitely not in the money. <laughs> so uh, just, I, there you go. I just went. So it was Am Am though. It was Am Am. So the, yeah, you said that seven times. What's the Am Am? I know the Am Am. So there actually it was two players that played together. Combined score wins it all. So Eric ends up winning the overall single, but for the two players, they're back-to-back winners, T-Dog. They won in 2020, and they won in 2021. Patrick Petre, like the dish, and Daniel Sambagger Biggs. Both those guys, I don't know what their scores ended up being because who really gives a shit? They ended up winning in a three-player putoff. That's what it boiled down to. So we have Kev Dog, El Presidente for the Las Vegas chapter, Eric Lamont. We had Cartwright and Joe Nielsen. They all putted like shit, but the end of the day, back-to-back winners, the Petri Dish and the Sandbagger, take it home. Good job. Congrats. Congrats. Ugly golf. We're used to that. We are totally used to that. Mm. And one day I'll join again. All right, folks. So we're going to talk a little bit of NHL. There was some uh, there was some movement this past Monday. Question is, did the movement help your team or not? T-Dog, did it help your team? Let's talk about your team, T-Dog. Did it help your team? Well, they freaking gave, gave away, or they just got picks, right? Yeah, yeah. First off, let's make sure. What's your team? Is it Dallas? Dallas is your no. team. That's where you're from. No, it's not where I'm from. It's where I currently reside. Oh, good call. <laughs> Come on, man. Okay. There were some. There were some good trades out there. There were some big trades. Not. Not. I don't know that anything that the you'd say the Blackhawks won. I know the Caps made a good trade out there. What What do you got? You got everything on the docket here that you wanted to go through as far as trades that these guys made. Detroit, I think, had a good trade. Yeah, oh, Detroit? No. Mm-hmm. Detroit's in last place. What kind of good trade did they get? Let's talk about Vegas. Vegas picked up a Chicago player, Matisse Janmark. He joins the Golden Knights. That's a that's a win for Chicago. They needed a, another center that can control the puck, drive to the middle, get in front of the net. I liked it. Flyers signed Gustafsson from the Blackhawks. Oh, that was a free agency. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. The only thing that I saw Chicago do, basically, is they gave away a couple players. I think one went up to Montreal, was it? Montreal. And then the other one went to Vegas Golden Knights. And then they picked up uh, Hinnestroma. Vinny, then they get him back. I'm pretty uh, sure they did. I'm not sure. I, I just know that. I mean, the, what I had seen is they that you know they took what they took. Uh, uh, Who they trade? Soderberg, and then is it Janmark yeah. or Janmark? Janmark. Yeah, J silent. 
Yep. Three mark. And then three team um, deal. Madison Bowie. And and turn them into draft picks, right? They got a second, a third, and a what, a seventh or something like that? Yeah. A fifth? I don't know. They got uh, I know they got that young prospect, uh, Ryder Rolston. Um but I mean it wasn't anything you know, I mean, he did. I mean, it was okay. I think in the terms of they didn't really give up anything of major substance to get some additional picks, try to make something happen in the draft. But yeah, that's about it. No, I agree. I think Chicago did what they needed to do to, to generate some more draft picks. I, obviously, they're not they're not ready for a title run. No, and they, you know, I don't think really anybody expected them to be a playoff team this year, right? I mean, they didn't, and here they are, at least knocking on the door. Correct, but. But you know there was there were some other trades out there. Um, just to recap here, uh, we talked about the Jamark trade. Um, Gustafsson traded to the Canadians by by Flyers for a draft pick. So that's a ex uh, Blackhawk that just uh, got traded up, traded out. Mantha traded to the Capitals by the Red Wings for two draft picks. And. Uh, Jordy Bean traded to the Jets by the Canucks for a draft pick. Gaudette traded to the Blackhawks. So you guys picked up uh, a uh, forward, another forward. You guys need defense, man. I guess you guys are going to look for defense out of the, out of the, um, what is it, agent, open free market or whatever you want to call it. I can't even think right now. A big one I thought was a pretty big one. Carter traded to the Penguins by the Kings. I think what about uh, I think Jeff the Carter. Didn't they get um, uh, Savard? Oh, they got Denny Savard. Nice, David Savard. Oh, sorry, my friend. Old uh, veteran, I mean, he was probably. But he was probably the best defenseman that was out there dangled for a trade, wasn't? Yeah, he? yeah. And then Morell, yeah, John Morell. He was traded. John Mandala? John Mandala was traded to the White Sox. Nice. Um, Oh, that'd be that. There you go. That would be. I know. I know. He's a big. He's a bit. He keeps bringing up the old head coach. I keep seeing it every every now and then. Uh, He's very proud of of Ozzie Gian. Morell traded to the Canadians by Red Wings. So John, you know, he's a he's a journeyman. He he played a couple of years for the Vegas Golden Knights. He's defense. He, you know, it's, it's decent. You know, big one. Um, Buffalo ended up trading away. Uh, what's his face? Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall. Yeah, to um, to the Bruins. To the yeah. Well, that was the only place he wanted to go. Yeah. But they didn't get much for him. I'm surprised. Thought they would have got more, but they didn't. Oh yeah, Soderberg traded to the Avalanche by the Blackhawks. That was a that was a big move for the the Avalanche. I mean, they're the Avalanche is they're rolling, dude. And the Golden Knights are rolling. Falingo traded the Maple Leafs. There was a lot of movement. Yeah. So now who who really won though? Who do you feel really came out of this? Honestly, is it Tampa is it is it uh, you know, the Lightning making another run with the moves they made? I mean, yeah, I was I was trying to see if they had the what did what did Lightning pick up because honestly I think Boston with Hall, he's already got more points with Boston in a couple of games than he's done with Buffalo. Well, yeah, he was not he was not playing all that well. No, he wasn't producing. No. And it's a big bust. If if you want to really say it, it was a big bust for him to go up to Buffalo. Well, and I think but what I had read and what I had heard that Boston was definitely one of the teams that um, won during the trade line, trade deadline. Yeah. And they got they needed some secondary scoring. They needed some defensive depth. Mm-hmm. Um, so they got Taylor Hall. And, well, they also got, um, they got somebody else from Buffalo. They got Riley. Yeah. Riley no. traded the Bruins. Oh, yeah, from, from Ottawa? Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, um, that's another good pickup. I mean, I would say, I would say for sure, Boston definitely had a, some good pickups. Savard, you're right, acquired by the Lightning in the trade with the Blue Jackets and Red Wings. I mean, Lightning's gonna be, you know, one of those teams that 
continuously does well. And the and the real question is is how well are they really doing. I mean, none of these teams are playing each other but their own division. Like I was listening to the uh, Golden Knights last night. So they played last night. Uh, they played Anaheim and they ended up winning like 4 to nothing. I think it was 4 to nothing. And um their one of their broadcasters not on TV, but like on the radio was saying, you know, the, the gold Knights, they're first, you know, and, and they are for standing wise. They're, they're, they're first in their, um, they're now tied for first in their division, but, uh, really they are, they've got 31 wins. They lead the league in wins overall. So Colorado is second, Tampa Bay's third, Carolina's fourth, 31, 30, 29, 29, and Washington's 29. So they're leading the league with wins overall. They're leading, they're either first or second in pretty much every category out there. But it, and he, you know, he's like, it's probably the best in stats and best in numbers. I don't know. I beg to differ on that one. Um, I beg to differ for any of these divisions, except for the East. I feel like the East has some really strong teams and they should be beating the shit out of each other. And they are. But the West, I mean, really, Colorado is your only team that's going to be a challenge for you for the Golden Knights. I mean, Central is going to be Tampa. What other team out of the Central? Carolina, maybe. They're both tied at 29. Florida, amazingly, you know, they were in first, but they've dropped down to, like, second or third. And Canada, their teams are just whatever. <laughs> the Nort. Yeah. The NHL Nort. But, like, what, do the, you like Toronto? Washington. Oh, well, Toronto, yes, yes, sure, I do. But there again, they're not playing any of the East Coast teams. They're playing just I like get it. It's like it's hard to compare – can't, is Vegas really the best team out there in the National Hockey League? Well, that's why it's going to be fun when the playoffs actually start and you really get a good idea of what, you know, we could start getting deep in the playoffs and these teams have to start playing each other. Now, granted, yeah, in in because of the way they've got the division set up, you you don't have that the chance to see how these teams are going to match up against the, the different divisions. Totally understandable. So you could have a team that could just dominate, like you said, come out and dominate that division, and then they get into the playoffs and they get smacked around because it's just a different quality of play. Yeah. But, I mean, as far <laughs> you know, you mentioned the Central. I mean, if the Blackhawks and, you know, and Stars could play Columbus for the rest of the season, they'd both make a nice little run towards that last playoff spot that Nashville's holding on to. But, unfortunately, they don't have to. They don't get to play Columbus the whole time. Yeah. They, or, they'd, they'd or Detroit. Or Columbus. Or well, Detroit, well, Detroit, yeah. It's a hit and miss. Well, with Chicago, it's hit and miss. They'll, they'll win. They should be winning every game against Detroit. And they it feels like they yeah. split them. They're splitting they split. those Yeah, they split. They they beat Columbus, but they split. And they, you know, they had that big split against Dallas. That kind of hurt them a little bit. Dallas is actually, Dallas has been streaky, especially here in the second half of the season. Yeah. I mean, you know, they got Florida beat them a couple of games. They lo- they also lost to the Red Wings earlier. Um, they lost to Columbus, for that matter. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it seems like it's it seems like these teams are they you know unless they're playing Columbus, they really are kind of splitting that two game set each time they play each other. Yeah, and you know, unfortunately, they just can't afford to do that right now. No, they've got to. You've got to have streaks. You have to have winning streaks for sure. You cannot split series right now. Not and this Dallas, close. And Dallas end. is right on their heels, right? As far as uh, the Hawks go. Yes. Fifth in that central. Yeah. Dallas is 17 points. Chicago's at 21. Nashville's at 24. I mean, Chicago could eke. There's a slim hope of chance. Well, they're playing a little bit better as of late. They, they've got three in a row coming up against Nashville. So, really, right now, I think it's. It, the next three games are really going to be important, right? I mean, they play Nashville tomorrow night. Yeah. And then I think Wednesday and Friday. So this week, you know, I think we'll have something very interesting to talk about next week when it comes to, uh, you know, the hockey playoff picture for the Hawks and for that matter for Dallas. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, you know, because because the Blackhawks realistically, you look at what they have what they have coming up. You know, they've got three games t- towards the end of the season against Carolina, three straight games, right? Yeah. Um, they've got Tampa. They have to play. They've got Florida. A couple games. They end the season with a couple of games, back to back games against Dallas. So five of their final, what do they got left? 10, 12 games. They got 11 games. Okay. Almost half of them are against the team they're chasing and the team that's nipping on their ass. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's, it's now it's, it's a plausible. good time right now. Now they have been playing a little bit better. Um, as of late, they had the big win over Detroit I, again, obviously. Yeah. They're playing Detroit. They did beat Dallas, um, last week before getting smacked around by him. Um, but we'll see. I mean, it's going to be interesting. They, they, they've they got the big games. I think, actually, this Friday's game is going to be on ESPN well, against Nashville. If, so. you're, if you're a fan of Chicago, which my son is, and John Madala is, and the right. T-Dog is kind of, okay? If you're a fan of the Blackhawks, and I know there's a bunch more out there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not these a three, fanatic, I know, the, the, I like the Hawks. We hear that in the podcast. Hey? We hear it, okay? So, anyways, we, these next three games are going to be playoff games. So if you're going to compare anything to the rest of the season, these next three games against Nashville, they're only down by three points. Two back-to-back wins get you back into the into fourth spot. So you you have to take you have to take all three and you can't split. You can't go into an overtime and and split points and give them points. You have to win all three. It's a must-win situation. I think if they lose any of those next three games, they're done. There's not enough time. Now, Nashville does have one game in hand. They have 10 games left. Chicago has 11 games left. Yeah, I mean, I, I could I could totally... I get that. I could support that, considering that they've got some tough day, tough games coming up between that and the end of the year, right? I mean, they're going to have they're going through the juggernaut of Tampa Bay, Florida, Carolina... So, yeah, you know, and, and so is Nashville. What's what's Nashville's on. next uh, 10 games? What what are they? Do we know what they're playing at? Let me see. Well, we know they're, they're playing what? Chicago the next three games, right? Nashville's oh, yeah, yeah, playing yeah, yeah, Chicago yeah. the next three games. They also have to play Florida two more games, Dallas one more game, Columbus two more games, and then I think they end with Carolina for the last two. So it's it's no cakewalk either for for Nashville. No. I mean, they're still with with the overall standings. I mean, Carolina Carolina is in first. They're only one point out. Looks like Florida is in second. Oh, I was looking at total wins back there. So, yeah, Carolina's in first with 62 points. Florida's in second with 61. Tampa's in third. Nashville, 49 points. Chicago is two points. Actually, I take it back. Uh, two points out. I was looking at wins and losses. Sorry, folks. They're only two points out. You could you take two of three, you're back in fourth place. You're back in the playoffs, baby. But unfortunately, as we were talking about the trade deadline, Chicago didn't do anything to help itself. And really, should they? Should they have done something to help themselves? Should they make that last gasp for the playoffs? Is it even worth it? I mean, there's so many good teams in, in the there are some good teams in the central. Can they, I guess if you, if it comes down to a three game series or five game series or seven game series, I mean, there's always a, there's always a chance, right? Look at Chicago last year. They played Edmonton number one in, in the, in the division and uh, they, they beat them. It was great, but they couldn't get past the golden Knights, baby. Speaking of the Golden Knights, yeah. So they are actually tied for first with 64 points. They picked up a couple. They picked up Yanmark. That, that's really that's really all they they picked up. Nothing terrible. I don't think they need to. I mean, they're 132 goals for and 115 against. Marc-Andre Fleur, or excuse me, 147 and 98 against. I think that's first. 98 goals against is first. I mean, they're playing great defense. They're playing great offense. They've won six in a row. Colorado's won four in a row. Like, those two teams, one and two, are battling it out to the end. Uh, Vegas has played one more extra game, so Colorado does have a game in hand. 
So it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, Minnesota, 57 points out, and they're in third. And Arizona, I mean, really, Arizona, St. Louis, and even, you can even say San Jose, who's lost five in a row, by the way, have a chance of getting into the playoffs. A slim chance. And then go to... Go to the East. You got Washington in first at 62 points. You got the Islanders in Pittsburgh, one point out, second and third. And then you have Boston, which would like they've won four in a row, Boston. T. Boston with the beans, with the chowder, and the chowder. Need more beans for the chowder here. <laughs> so I would say, yeah, Boston probably made the best moves for, for the trade deadline. As far as where they are position-wise, they're in fourth place. They're four points in front of uh, the Rangers, and they still have 13 games to play. Rangers and Boston both are on a four-game win streak, but I think Boston could eke out and, and, and eke out the Rangers, even with the Breadmen, you know, dishing away. So Vegas today ended up winning their sixth game. They played today. Uh, Max Pacioretty scored his 22nd goal. And uh, finally, Alex Pertangelo, he's the defense we picked up from St. Louis. He finally got on the board. He's got his fourth goal. I would say uh, first-year slump for old AP. He's, He's okay. He's missed a lot of games, too. I mean, he's a proven winner, but uh, I don't know, not do, not not meshing so well. Nicholas Waugh had the game winner, and then Stone comes back. Man, geez, this guy, what a great pickup. Power play goal, 15th of the year. What a great pickup from Ottawa, and we locked him in for the next five years. He's great, you know, back-checking, defensively, offensively. He's, he's a hell of a player. And then good old Alex Tuck. I met that guy a few times, my friend. Nice guy. Gets an empty netter to end up five to two. But I don't know. NHL's getting really it's getting interesting. You're like I said, your Dallas Stars, yeah, they might have a chance, but probably not. Chicago probably not. Chicago really is the their only hope is OB one, well, baby. Three games. Next three games is gonna be the is gonna tell the tale, right? Absolutely. There. So get ready couch potato fans watch those games let us know on facebook or twitter if you're a blockhawk fan let us know on the mm couch potatoes that uh you know how's your team doing so i would love to have some kind of segue t-dog like that goes right into baseball <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you want like a little home run sound or a little crack of the bat yeah i think we need to get something that we can like we need to we need to do like a hockey horn for the nhl maybe and we need to do like some kind of home run sound or something got it i guess that means it's time to talk about baseball yeah of course it's time to talk about we don't have to talk about chicago baseball do we because that's just gonna make me want to throw up in my mouth well, your Cubs baseball it will make you throw up. I mean, White Sox are doing a little bit better than than your team. No, my lord, it's brutal. Actually, the whole all of baseball, it's other than the Dodgers. You know, baseball the the standings right now are just kind of topsy turvy. I mean, the worst team in the American League right now, by all accounts, is the New York Yankees. Not really. I mean, Detroit's really the worst team, but the Yankees are are hurting right now. Yeah, they're not looking good at all. No, no, not at all. They they and, lost today, uh, as a matter you know, of fact. Say that what? They lost today, as a matter of fact, four to two against the Rays. <sighs> yeah, and you know you see you see teams like Kansas City at the top of the Central and the Mariners at the top of the West, while Houston's kind of floundering at the bottom. Um, you know Atlanta, who that's who's beating the shit out of the Cubs right now. They're kind of they're. Down at the bottom, you see the Cubs down at the bottom. Yeah, let me, let me, let me. I think John Medalla said it best with the White Sox as far as their uh, relievers go. Uh, I think the Cubs relievers are doing great. Uh, Braves have scored thirteen so far. Good, good, 
Good middle oh, well, reliever. Hendricks gave up half of those. Shit, he gave up four home runs in the first inning. I mean, the 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 Cubs, the Cubs are. I mean, you oh, look at. Wait, wait, wait. Right, right. Did you say Hendricks? Yes, Kyle Hendricks. Okay, I just want to get this out no, there. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure if you heard. It was Kyle Hendricks. Okay. You got to be dancing over here. Smack wagon. Who's getting the smack wagon today? Is it Kyle Hendricks or is it John Mandala? What do you think? I think both should get yeah. the smack wagon, <laughs> to be honest well, with you. Well, and couch potato fans are, you know, who may not know the reason why this is why we're saying it like this is because we had an argument that, you know, I felt that Kyle Hendricks was at least a number one, number two. I think it was number two, top two. On the, and I told him, I said, find me, you know, 58 or 59 other pitchers that you would want to have in front of, you know, instead of Kyle Hendricks. And you certainly can get through a very hefty list before you get to Kyle Hendricks, but he's at least in the top, a top two in as far as the rotation goes. And that's what he used to, or he was kind of busting my chops about. And what did Hendricks do today? He gave up four home runs in the first inning to the Braves, Ouch. who is a team that, of course, the Cubs, you know, beat yesterday by using the long ball, hitting five or six home runs, I think it was. Uh, Bryant had a couple, and uh, Contreras got into the long ball act, Javi Baez. Uh, but that's what you're looking at with the Chicago Cubs. But go ahead, let's let's give um, – we're going we're gonna to drive the smack wagon over Kyle Hendricks for making me look like an ass. And th- And then we're going to back it up and get a little run over of John Mandala for calling me out as well. So, yeah, there you go, Mandala. Suck it. No, he, dude, he's, he's got a point, man. I mean, the thing, the, the Cubs are actually off to a historically bad start. Yeah. You know, and there, there's a lot, and this is the, you know, the thing with baseball, right? I mean, you got players and teams that get off to slow starts. You get players that are off to historically good starts. You know, sometimes you got a player that just doesn't get out of the gate very well. Anthony Rizzo being one of them. Um, There's some great stories out there right now, you know, players out to fantastic starts. You got Ronald Acuna Jr. out in Atlanta, who the Cubs are playing right now. Yeah. He doesn't have any hits today, but I want to know, he's pretty much above the league lead in just about everything. Um, you know, total bases, stolen bases, home runs, RBIs. He's hitting over 400. Um, yeah, it's early, but still a nice start for him. Justin yeah. Turner out there by the Dodgers, which, by the way, as my son reminded me yesterday, they were they were thinking about not even re-signing Justin Turner. He had another home run yesterday, which that series that's going on right now between the Dodgers and the Padres, which you you remember we talked about all the, the moves that the Padres made at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Uh, getting Blake Snell from Tampa, which I thought was a great pickup stealing Darvish away from the Chicago Cubs. Um, they got their big $300 man now with Tatis. Um, that's like a playoff series. Right? Yeah. They, had that, they had a big win in extra innings, and then yesterday, um, you know, barely could get a hit, and they end up winning a very close close game, which I don't know if you got a chance to see it. Uh, Mookie Betts, their $300 man, making an unbelievable diving catch to close the game out. They were up 2 nothing. Mm-hmm. with runners at second and third in the bottom of the ninth. And uh, I forgot who it was at least a liner in the center and Betts made a diving catch that he caught just barely. I mean, they had to go look at it to make sure he caught it. That's how close it was. It was exciting baseball to watch. Was it an extra innings too? It was not. It was not. Was that the game it before? It, it was the game before. The okay. game before was the one in extra innings that, you know, and there was just some craziness there as well. So, but it, it's so, that's the kind of rivalry I miss. I miss that Cubs Cardinals rivalry. I mean, yeah. you know, it's kind of like when we talk about Bears Packers from a rivalry perspective, you, you got to be good. <laughs> I mean, the other yeah. team has to be good. Otherwise, it's just no fun. Yeah. And right now, and right now, the Cubs. I mean, like I said, you've got some guys. You got some guys on the pitching side as well that are off to some amazing starts. Um, you know, Glasnow out of Tampa Bay's off to a great start. Um, uh, who's the guy uh, from Cleveland? Shane Shane Bieber. Yeah, Bieber. You hear about this guy? Not in no relation to Justin Bieber, but this guy's got. He's set the record, I think, for the or he tied the record or something like that for the the four first four games of the year. He struck out at least ten. 
He's got like 48 strikeouts through the first four games. Yeah, history for Bieber with another 10K effort. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. So so he's he's having um he's off to a great start, you know, and you see these these guys doing that. And the Cubs, you know, you got a guy, you got a guy like Bieber, and you're just like, man, this is exciting to watch. He's getting these strikeouts and everything else. And then you got the Cubs who they still are not hitting over 200. As so they're still below the Mendoza line, right? I mean, the only one now you look at the games yesterday, they're starting to get hot. You know, Contreras actually is starting to hit pretty well. Bryant's actually not doing too bad, but the rest of the team, I know Rizzo's got a couple of home runs in the game today where they're getting spanked. Um, but your free agent pickup, your big free agent pickup, Jock Peterson, is is hitting near a hundred. He's got one home run. Ian Happ is struggling. Javier Baez can't seem to stop striking out. I mean, he's he's striking out at a record pace. I think he's got shit twenty five strikeouts in in you know fourteen games, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. So it's just it's just frustrating to see how um you know we talked at the beginning of the year the the moves the Cubs made to sort of go backwards, and now it's it's. It's upon us, right? We're seeing that futility, that carryover from last year, which you had hoped was just, you know, COVID, fatigue, whatever. It's a 20-game season or a 60-game season, rather. Um, a lot of There were a lot of distractions last year. But for these guys, and, they, and the worst thing is in scoring position. These guys are terrible in scoring position. It's feast or famine. They're either going to strike out. Or they're gonna hit a home run. That's yeah. the feeling you get. Yeah, that's not. It almost that's feels not a like. Championship game. Yeah, no, that almost feels like uh, the White Sox a few years ago. It was either home yeah. run, home run, or strikeout. That's it. That's all you. The yeah, long exactly. ball, exactly. And exactly, and this is not the. This is not what we should be seeing from this core that they were so you know high on. And I mean, you look at the three. You look at the three guys that are free agents, right? And we talked about them, I think, last week and several times over the last several months. Yeah regarding what they're going to do with these guys. Well, Rizzo, so Rizzo, Baez, and Bryant, I mean, they're not really given much, especially Baez. Or, or no, scratch that, especially Bryant. I mean, he had, I think it was Friday's game, the first game one against the Braves. Um, grounded into a double play with runners on, struck out at least twice with rubbers. Took rubbers. <laughs> it struck out at least twice with rubbers on. Um, with runners on base. Yeah. Um you know what? You, hold on a second. I just have to play off of that. To strike out twice with rubbers on means you were going to go all the way, and you didn't. Okay, let's put you know, let's that paint that picture. Probably a fitting fitting slip of the tongue. Yep, because these guys are are getting fucked. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just. I mean, they are. It, is, it just sucks. I mean, and, and again, I, I said it a second ago. Rizzo actually, he traditionally does slow start. Yeah, you know, kind of starts the season a little sure. slow, so on and so forth. Um, but, but we, it's it's just it's just you're it's absolutely right. We can we can rattle off. You know, uh, Bryant's got 13 strikeouts. Contreras 13. Baez is at 27 right now. Okay, so he struck out a couple more times today. Though. Correct. Uh, Rizzo not so much. And and is it Bote? B O T E. Bodie. Bodie. So Bodie. Uh, Rizzo's Bote. nine, and Bodie is seven. But then you get into Ian Happ fourteen times. Hayward sixteen times. Peterson seventeen times. I mean, you have multi-digit strikeouts, and we've only played like what fifteen or eighteen games or something. It's like insane. Fifteen games. Yeah, and and. Granted, the Cubs, are, they're definitely in the top five. Some are probably right in the top five. They're not the worst strikeout team. That actually would be the Texas Rangers because they strike out way more than anybody in baseball um, right down here in Arlington, Texas. Um, but as far as the National League, by far, they are the worst offense. in. Well, they're the worst offense in baseball, but as far as strikeouts go. Now, granted, um, it's one of those things you just – it it sort of just kind of grinds at you because yeah. you know what it's kind of what you expected coming in to a point. But remember what we said, man, these guys are playing for their futures as well. Absolutely. Especially those three guys we just freaking mentioned. Well, and well, Baez is leading the league with 27 strikeouts. Yeah. yeah so just you so you know, and he's three strikeouts ahead of Chapman, uh, third baseman out of Oakland. So, so which that guy, 
flails at everything. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to be mentioned in the same breath as as, as Baez uh, ever been a big. Stri- did he strike out a lot, anyways? Just in general. Yeah. Well, in the beginning, yeah. I mean, the problem was is he he always swung for the fences when he first came on, um, and he couldn't hit a changeup. He was like you know Serrano from freaking Major League, right? Oh um, my God! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just that's a great analogy. Like, yeah. Forget the the heater, throw him, throw him some change-ups, you know. Um, and he, you know, but and over the last, I want to say, um, in 2018, he actually improved his strikeout ratio, I believe. You know, and he had a, a batter war that was over six at that time, and he struck out 100 and probably 160-something times. So he averaged a strikeout, right around a strikeout per game, but that was, um, you know, probably much better than when it was early on in his career. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's no, there's no question. He is definitely a, a, a guy who swings for it. Uh, he improved on his, uh, on just getting on base. Um, his on base percentage was a little bit better that year, but, but last year, just, I mean, the last couple of seasons and then coming into this season, he's just back to his wild swing as hard as I can. Yeah. And, it's just, it's not good. I mean, uh, he, and this is he's playing. He needed to really show yeah. me better. He's playing. He has 55 at bats. He's hitting 200. He's yeah. had uh, one double, four home runs. I mean, this guy, he's also fast, right? Yeah, he's got some speed if he can get on base. But, I mean, he's a, he's a, and he's a good, good defender. He's just not. He just can't swing the bat very well right now. At least like a uh, just like a lot of the Cubs. I mean, the Cubs, like I said, are at, at historic um, rough start to the yeah. season. As I mean, far as, as far as their on base percentage is two fifty two fifty four. I mean, the only one that's actually doing looks to be doing pretty decently, surprisingly, and it's not. I mean, he's not killing it by by all means. Is Contreras. He's at least hitting 286 with an OBP of 415. Yeah, he's getting hot right now. I mean, he's been played real good the last several games. He's, you know, because they were all pretty much started pretty bad at the start of the season, but, um, you know, the first few games of the year, but he's starting to pick it up a little bit. And even Bryant has been starting to hit pretty well. Um, you know, obviously Rizzo, a couple home runs today, but Hendricks just <laughs> four home runs in the first inning. I think he gave up seven or eight runs. It's ugly. It, it's well, going to be an his, ugly, ugly season. Yeah, let's see what Hendricks has done so far. So, so far, he's he has one loss. His ERA is 6.92. Three games played, or three games started. Uh, he's only, in three games, he's 13 innings. He struck out 12, and his whip is 1.69. So, not so good. Go. I would not say he's a number one. I wouldn't even give him number two the way he's playing right now. Overall, his career is 69 and 49 with a 3.12. And, uh, you know, he can strike out some players, but, you know, he's 31. Maybe he's getting a little long in the tooth there, T-Dog. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. They just got to gotta figure something out. But it's going it, to – this is going to – if this continues like this, it'll be interesting to see how they actually – you know, the decisions they make for this um, – offense moving or for this team moving forward yeah um you know are they going to look to trade some significant assets and will these guys actually i mean i we mentioned it right we were like okay if these guys if the cubs are somewhere in the mix and these guys are playing poorly do they still trade them are they if the cubs are out of it but these guys are playing gangbusters you know they're going to trade them so i don't know well right now who's hot is your brandon nemo from new york uh, mets and ronald lacuna Nemo's yeah, hitting 447. Cunha's hitting 419. Justin Turner's hitting. This is the guy you were talking about that we we're thinking about maybe even trading. He's hitting 404. I mean, there's some, there's not a cub on the top of this list at all. No, no. Um, no, no not even on the be. first page of, of the first 25 people. So, no. I mean, it's going to be. I think this is this is this will be a fun season. I think though, because obviously we're getting back to a little bit of normalcy. You know, fans back in the st- in the stands. Yeah, you've got your you've got some um, uh, some rivalries. I mean, the the Dodger Padre rivalry. Oh, it's going to be huge, was, dude! 
is going to be huge. Now, normally it's Dodgers Giants, right? I mean, the Dodgers and Giants, those fans absolutely hate each other. Mm-hmm. Teams hate each other. But the Dodgers and the Padres right now, I mean, the Padre fans, for a stadium that was, I think, half full, they were into it. I mean, these guys are, you know, it almost seems like the Padres hate the Dodgers more than they ever have before. And I get it. You know what? You're the champion. People yeah. want to come after you. It's no different than, you know, you had all the Bulls haters back in the 90s and the Lakers of haters course. and the haters in the early 2000s and everything else. I mean, you got these haters you win championships. The Dodgers are primed to really make a run here at a pretty significant dynasty, right? I mean, they just do. They've got a, they've got a lot of young pitching. Um, you know, they've made. You know, obviously they're spending the money. Of course, you know, they're, well, they're that's what I was getting at. Million. I mean, Padres did what they had to do this off season to compete with LA. Mm-hmm. They obviously wanted to compete. They picked up some big pitchers. They picked up some players. They have some really great talent, you know, just a couple of years out of, you know, from being a rookie. Uh, is it Tatis, right? Is it Tatis? Yeah. 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 Fernando Tatis Jr. Jr. I mean, Padres are, they have to. <laughs> I mean, it's either LA runs away with that whole division or you spend some money and try to compete. Yeah. Well, and the, the, San Diego did get the best of the Dodgers today. They did take the third game of the series. Um, I think Hosmer uh, got him to the win today. Um, but it was, I mean, you look at this, that's exciting baseball right now. You know, I was watching the Cubs game yesterday and watching a little bit today, and I'm just like, man, it's just, you just feel deflated when you're watching this team. Mm-hmm. And then you see something and you see that, uh, that diving catch from Betts on on Saturday night, and you think, "Wow, this is this is a lot of fun to watch." These guys, so the wow. Dodgers are going to be fun to watch. Wow, it sounds like you're watching more Dodger games than you're watching more Cub games. Well, you know, I try you to are. get as many as many as I can, and you know, as being a Monday morning couch potatoes was, podcast, are you better? I was bouncing between the Dodger game last night that my son had on inside and the Jake Paul. Uh, fight that my son had the other son had on outside so oh. i just kept going back and forth between the two um very nice yeah which that jake paul fight was a complete joke oh the whole freaking i don't did you even watch did you watch any of that at all no. or hear anything about that oh my god dude it was a freaking it was basically a uh what a three or four hour um fight program that was you know two hours and 50 minutes of weird concerts oh, <laughs> singers, really? you know, I mean, just like straight crazy shit. And then, you know, this Jake Paul, who's a boxer slash YouTuber slash, I don't know, freak show, um, fought this MMA fighter and who won? Shit, knocked him out in like 90 seconds. This Jake Paul, I punched him in the face and knocked him out. Really? Oh, that's, yeah. that's I kind mean, of a big deal. Like he, Jake Paul is, is a YouTuber. For our couch potato fans, that that's all. Yeah, he, YouTuber, whatever. Yeah. I mean, my kids know who he is, and I don't fucking know who he, whatever. All but right. Yeah, I just, Dang. you know, he wanted to watch it. It was good stuff, but. Dang. But anyway, there you go. I mean, it's uh, things aren't going great for the Cubs. Um, well, they're going a little bit better for the White Sox. Um, they are. They did win today, five to one against Boston. They are John Madala. They are at five hundred, baby. Eight and eight. You're welcome. But, you know, the Cubs are playing a hot Red, so- uh, Red Sox team. They're 10-6. and six. Uh, But I'm, I think they took two, two of three. So they, they did win the series that they needed to do. And uh, as far as the Cubs go, they I mean Cubs, as far as the Sox go, they're doing what they, they can do. But Lance Lynn is on the 10-day IL. So that's not good. That can't be good. And... Um, and what about that man? What about that kid? Mercedes. Yes. The catcher. He yeah. is he is actually I was just looking at his stats. Um the catcher, dude. He right now he is leading the league in the American League with a four fifteen. On yeah, base. He's, he's been off to a well, he started shit, what, five for five or six for six or something on the season? I mean he's Yeah. I thought it was like seven or eight for eight, whatever the number was. And uh, he's played 14 games. He's had 53 at-bats. He's 
Seven runs, 22 hits, four doubles, four home runs for 12 ribbies. And he's walked four times. He's only struck out eight times. That is like, what, 19 times less than Baez. I know he's not, I know he's a rookie, but he's not that young. Uh, let's see how old he is. He's close to 30. He's 28. He's 28. Okay. He, you know, he, Hey, he's doing what he needs to do. I mean, that's not to get the union back. If you know what I mean, Nelson Cruz in Minnesota is actually hitting three ninety. There's really only two other guy. There's one. He's the only one hitting above 400. Nelson Cruz, Vladimir Guerrero, three, three eighty nine. Mike Trout is hitting three eighty six. I mean, he's up there with some big names, dude. It's yeah, nice to see. Hopefully, we see him keep playing well. I mean, he leads the he's the White Sox top hitter in every category. So, I mean, he's off to a great start. If he can keep it going, great. Be, uh, I mean, they, I don't think they were expecting much out of him. No, I really don't. I don't think they were either. To be honest with you, and I mean, is and I and now I haven't caught too many games. Is is he? Is he DHing or you know they got Grandall playing catcher right? I mean, is he? Is he behind the dish a lot or is he mainly DHing? That I don't I, know. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure on that because um, I can't catch a lot of the games out here in Vegas. Yeah. Um, I no. was just seeing if uh, they should have his stats here. So let me just see here. Twenty twenty. Well, it just, just it saying, just I'm has just, at bats and yeah, it's just yeah. having at bats. I'm not sure if he's catching. No. They have him right now. His, his position is DH. So well, he's probably a fill-in for a catcher, but really, and and rightfully so. The way he's been hitting, you want him to hit. And if he's hot like this, you just keep riding that horse. There you go. You know what I mean? And Chicago's got some up and downs, but uh, in the end, I think they will prevail. And we're talking about the White Sox now. Uh, we're not talking about the uh, Cubs that were losing 13-3 to last I checked. Um, unfortunately, Chicago Cubs is having some some big-time issues. Maybe they'll get it together, maybe not. But as far as I'm concerned, the Cubbies are done for. Now, T-Dog, we should have like a couple of guys hitting each other. Gah! Like a, like football players, I saw this really really nice. Um, actually, we're gonna do our first. <laughs> we're gonna do our first uh, kind of commercial. Let me find it. Ah, here we go. Uh, this is not really sponsored by Doritos, but it's the Packers edition. If you love the Packers edition Doritos, have you ever tasted them? They taste like defeat. And they're nacho year again. That's the flavor. <laughs> oh, God. But there is a warning on those Packard Edition Doritos. They are, it is a choking hazard. Just saying. So be careful, you Packer fans, because the Bears are probably not going to beat you next year. But just be careful, because you do taste like defeat. So, talking that's a little nice. NFL. That's a, very ni- that's a very nice commercial. I figured you would like that. Yeah, so, I don't know if you saw this, but I know we haven't talked about the Bears much lately because what's there to talk about, but I saw something recently where they ranked the top five worst moves of the offseason. Do, you know, do you think you might be able to know what those top five are? Five, what, for the Bears? No. Or just overall the NFL, NFL five? Overall, the NFL. Five worst so they, moves. Okay. The five worst moves, yeah. Probably would, well, I don't know if, worst moves? Yep. Tam, would it be um, Brady going to Tampa? Is that Would that be a move? No, 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 no. no. The worst moves so far this offseason. He's oh, already the, in Tampa. Okay, He's got it. Super Bowl. So are we talking about, are we talking about the flip-flop of? Signings or trades. The five worst signings or trades, major moves made in the NFL so far this season. Oh, man. Well, I, I would want to say that our quarterback signing was probably a pretty bad move. <laughs> well, it's funny you should mention that. So the, the fifth they ranked the fifth one being the Titans uh, signing Bud Dupree, the defensive end 
for like eighty million dollars. Oh my god! Yeah, and you know he's, um, you know, I mean he had one good season, and um, God, I think he had eighty million. million? Like, Ain't worth it. Plus he tore his ACL. I mean the guy was hurt, right? So so they felt just bad a for very him. strange, you know, amount of money to give to somebody that's that you know that coming off of that injury and everything else. So they yeah. ranked that as number five. They had the Packers at number four for paying Aaron Jones big money. Right? Because, I mean, they gave him, what, almost $50 million over four years. And um, not that he's bad. I mean, he's, he's was a pretty – he's a good good player for them. But, uh, you know, they is he just, worth, I think over – Is the juice yeah, worth I, the squeeze? I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know. He's I don't know if he was – if he's worth, you know – I. Elliot's probably making right around there. And, you know, I don't know if you can argue, although, you know, Elliot can't hang on to the damn ball. Um, but the running backs, you know, you can find running backs in the draft and stuff like that. So I think that's why they rang that ranked that kind of up there as well. But the top three were quarterback moves. And number three was the Panthers going after Sam Darnold. Yeah. Right. They already have Teddy Bridgewater on and under contract. Yeah. Right. And then they go out and they trade away some assets to bring in Sam Darnold from, from uh, the jets. Um, I, th- I think they're looking long-term for him. Maybe get a little, like a year under Teddy. It could be. I don't know if it, that and, was a, a number three spot, but okay. And now the second one, which I don't know if I necessarily agree with this is the Colts trading for Carson Wentz. All right. And I know we be, we talked through that one already. Yeah. Um, mm. You know they cough. They they gave up a third round pick and I think a conditional second rounder to depending on how much he plays, you know how much he actually does. But he's got a you know he's got a huge cap hit. I think of like almost thirty million dollars. Yeah. Uh, the following season, not this season, but the next season, he's like twenty million this year or whatever. Um, but that's going to be that'll be a big question mark. There are those out there that think that was a, still a good move by the Colts. We'll see. Maybe maybe they can turn him around. Mm-hmm. Um, but number one was the Chicago Bears <laughs> settling for Andy Dalton. So the, this this signing and paying him ten million dollars. Mm-hmm. Dallas and I wonder. Three. Well, here's the thing. I wonder would this signing have been beat up as badly as it was had there not been all that talk about them getting, you know. Uh, Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson or all the trade stuff that was out there. Yeah. But I mean, the thing is, and and I think this was a safe signing for the bears because yeah, he's a great, what they call him a great game manager. Is yeah. that what they, I think yeah. that's what they said that he was mm-hmm. Not 10 million, $10 million worth. I don't know about that. Um, but they, they actually put his numbers up against Nick Foles and even Trubisky. And they're pretty much the same as yeah. far as what these guys. You completion well, percentage over yeah, career. You could have paid Trubisky way less money and got the same yeah. quality, most likely. Well, yeah, yards per attempt. Um, I think that the career passing percentage of all three of them are right in the same window. Well, let's Very ask. Let's window. ask the real question though: Is this gonna be enough to save Pace and Nagy's job? What they've That's done so question. far. That's a great question. And do they have any cap hit or space for any of the guys that they're going to be drafting in the NFL draft coming up here? I don't know. I don't know, but you know what? That's I'm, and I'm getting I'm getting excited. It's coming up. What April 29th? So basically about two weeks. What's today? 18th. I don't even know. What yeah, today's today 18th. Yeah. Okay, so we're basically about a week and a half away from the NFL draft. So next Sunday, couch potato fans, we're going to have our, we should have a draft show. Yes, absolutely. So we'll, have to, we'll have to get ready and give our, give our, get a nice draft show for that uh, Thursday uh, draft coming up. So rock and roll, man. Well, guys, I can tell you this. It has been a pleasure talking sports with you. You've been listening to Monday Morning Couch Potatoes. Visit our website at mondaymorningcouchpotatoes.com. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Potatoes. Listening to this podcast doesn't make you any smarter than you already are. 
The Monday Morning Couch Potato Podcast is for general information purposes only. Thanks for listening. And I'm out of here, potato heads.